pandemonium. Things in uh, somewhat of a chaotic state oh. here. Hulk Hogan, I'm sure there's going to be a thorough investigation oh. by the World oh. Wrestling Federation oh. into what happened oh. here tonight. And I know you could not be any more disappointed. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? I had all bases covered. I had the Hulkamaniacs watching. DiBiase, I had Virgil in his place. Never in my wildest dreams, me, Gene, would I think that I would get ripped off by a penny pinching two-timing referee. How much money on the plastic surgery? How much money did he spend to pay the referee off? When I turned around, me, Gene, they were identical. Identical. Right, right here, Holt. Here it Look is now. Look at the shoulder, brother. There. Look at the shoulder. That's it. The referee is paid off, brother. Look at the $100 bill falling out of his pocket. I know you're disappointed. Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, and Bedlam, and His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Come on now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? You're listening to the sports desk. New sports desk. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Sports Desk. This is episode 129. I'm your man's one half of your favorite sportsologist, Dedra L. Hicks Jr. Back in the building one more time. And remember, people, that I am always here to give it to you raw and uncut. And it's your man, Black. We are back in the building for another episode. One of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are loaded today. We are loaded today. Of course, of course, we'll talk about the 2021 NBA Finals where the Milwaukee Bucks hold a three games to two lead over the Phoenix Suns. We'll also be talking about um, the Charlo fight, man. Um, Charlo versus Costello. Mm-hmm. That was an excellent fight last night. Of course, we're talking some boxing. We'll be talking some WWE as well as Money in the Bank is this Sunday on pay-per-view. A lot of things brewing low-key in the WWE. I think the WWE is getting ready for an explosion of some what because Lord knows they've been boring. <laughs> Lord knows they've been born. All right, Black, before we kick it off, man, let's go ahead and get into this, man. So, Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2, the movie, debuted uh, this past Friday. Of course, me and Black are recording on this Sunday. LeBron James. And Black. LeBron James. I enjoyed the movie. Me and my family, we watched the movie this past Friday night. And I'm one of those people, and I know it's kind of hard for people to do, is like, I don't go from... Um, oh, Space Jam 1, can Space Jam 2 be any different? I don't, I'm not a guy that's saying, oh, Bad Boys 1, should, is Bad Boys 2 better? Nah, I'm the type of person, whatever that body of work is, I just enjoy that piece of work. Even though it's a part of a chain. That's like somebody saying, oh, they like the Carter 1, but they don't like the Carter 3. Well, that's not the conversation. By Lil Wayne, by the way. That's just two different albums. You know, so... For me, I went in watching Space Jam 2 as if Space Jam 1 never existed. Mm-hmm. And all in all, you know, I know what a lot of people think of what they'll say, but it doesn't matter because I'm being truthful here. I enjoyed that film. Mm-hmm. My family enjoyed that film. It was funny. It was up to date. 
They had a, a, a lot of different things in there where LeBron really excelled at. A lot of dry humor, a lot of dry comedy uh, in there from LeBron. I really enjoyed the take of seeing like the Iron Giant. King Kong, my favorite Rick and Morty. Morty, I, I just enjoy seeing them make their cameo. Superman, like the whole thing when they went to uh, uh, Metropolis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just dope to see. They added a lot of different things. And LeBron was an actual cartoon figure for probably half the movie before he turned back into human form. And I love the message. And I think the message gets lost. And I'm a parent. You're a parent. Black. A lot of people who listen to this are parents. And, you know, we have young children. We want the best for our kids. You know, sometimes it could be overbearing. We could be overbearing. Sometimes we can kind of invoke on our children who we are. But our children are different people. You know, and I fall fall at that sometimes raising my son. But at the end of the day, your kids are their own. Mm-hmm. They're their own individual. They're their own person. You got to kind of let them blossom. And you guide them along the way. But you got to kind of let them blossom and let them become who they're going to be. But all in all, I thought it was a fantastic movie. I, for one, give it 100 out of a 10. Black, what do you got? Hey, man. Uh, LeBron James. Look, uh, I got a... LeBron I, I, I couldn't, James. I couldn't wait to punch out sure, on Friday. Sure deal. You know, to get home and uh, check the movie out. And then, and I cut it on, not even thinking that my four-year-old son, Braden, shout out to you, son. I love you. Daddy loves you, son. <laughs> not even thinking that he would want to sit there and watch it, but sure. he actually sat and watched it of with course, me, D. Of course. Your godson was really intrigued about it. And he was like, Daddy, you know what part was the fun? The fun part? He was like when LeBron when when LeBron was the character, the cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 it put a different spin on it for me. Mm-hmm. Because um seeing LeBron, just seeing LeBron in that in, in that light, having being a cartoon character, and then mm-hmm. like you said, half the movie being being a cartoon character and then jumping out of different situations of different films yeah. and cartoon characters we are used to, the Matrix, like you said, Superman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a whole bunch of different other things, man. But like you said, D the body of work man was amazing on this movie. So shout out to uh Spring Hill Production yes. and yep. um Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers, man, mm-hmm. they did a wonderful job on this and um, LeBron James did a, you know, to be his first feature film. Solid man. You know, he did a solid job, and um, it wasn't bad at all. It wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. I enjoy every minute of it, and to see, like you said, with the storyline and seeing how in the beginning, uh, Wood Harris is playing his coach, and he told him, "You don't think about nothing else but basketball. If you want to be great, forget all about being a kid. Basically, forget about being a kid. Focus on basketball. Focus on basketball. And like you say, that's not how we want to raise our kids. We want our kids to enjoy these young years of their life. Sure, they go let them, fast. Yeah, let them, <laughs> let, let them be kids and let them have fun. Mm-hmm. So don't put that extra added pressure when they don't need it. Yep. You know, they're kids for a reason. They're supposed to enjoy themselves, make mistakes, get in trouble. You know, just have fun. Mm-hmm. So, man, yeah, just a beautiful message in the movie. Yep. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, one last thing, man. But I would just want to get on you 30, 30 oh, 40, and 50-year-old rusted. Do, yeah, I got I know two. You. Yeah, I got two. I got two. All you 30 to 40 and 50-year-old bums oh, out there, Lord. you rusted bums out there. Let me just spend – I'm going to give you two minutes. I'm going to give you two minutes, man. You know <sighs> – about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, although a lot of you deemed it to be so. This was not what that was. Secondly, this is a kid's film for kids. Mm -hmm. 
Even though LeBron James is world-renowned, the greatest and most popular athlete in the world today, and arguably top three all-time, not even arguably, he is top three all-time most recognizable athlete in sports. Of course, people who are my age and, you know, who follow LeBron throughout his career, they're going to tune into it too. Why? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're fans of LeBron, and I get it. The nostalgia of the Space Jam, a lot of people wanted just to watch it just to hate. That's what they wanted to do. So all of y'all, this is a kid's movie. Take all that pressure off yourselves. If you're going to watch it, watch it. If you watched it and didn't enjoy it, I seen some dudes on Twitter, they maiming LeBron and maiming Space Jam. For it, this is a child's movie. For my godson who's four years old. For my son who is six years old. For all the little boys and little girls around the world who adore LeBron, who adore cartoon movies, they are the ones that this is for. It's a treat if an, an adult can get something out of it, which I did get something out of it because I'm a father myself. Mm-hmm. And I did get something out of it. But for all you bums out there who took the time to diss Space Jam 2, took the time to diss LeBron and who ain't better than Michael, like, shut up. Shut up. How about you take a look at the opportunity that LeBron James had and what he did with it? There's so many gems in that movie that your kids mm-hmm. are going to learn something from. Your nieces, your nephews are going to learn something from. The little kids that are all around, out and about in this world, who are going to take? So let's be positive about this. If you want to critique him basketball-wise, fine, have at it. But by God, how about you take a day off? How about you take a day off and just kind of relax? Enjoy the movie for what it was. If you enjoyed it, cool. If you didn't, cool. Everybody got an opinion. But the hate... Man, I can't ride with that, man. Y'all go sit down somewhere. Go cut your grass. Go clean your pool. <laughs> go empty out your gutters. Go do something more beneficial with yourselves than getting on your Twitter as a 40-year-old man dissing LeBron James for doing Space Jam 2, which was pretty good. Dear Lord. Yeah, I got something else too, dude. See, I, I, I knew I know it. My bad. I, we, I ain't no, no, no. Nothing, no, nothing negative. I just wanted to see if you had the hand, caps, hand claps cue for oh, me. I will. You know, after I, I say this, you know, I, I, I got to thinking while I was at work, you know, sitting on my ride. Loading my pallets up on the trailer. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, wow. LeBron James, one, is the best basketball player in the world. And LeBron James, two, has the number one movie in America. Mm. D, now, isn't that something? It It just, just, just cute. LeBron, we appreciate you, my guy. We appreciate you, my brother. For just putting out these, for being the best at what you do. We, we really appreciate you here at the sports desk. We, do. we don't take it for granted. We don't. And we're not like some of these bums who stuck in the mud who just wanna who who just wanna see you fail at everything. Just wanna hate. They just wanna hate. You they know just hate. it's a t- it's a it's a good time for LeBron. Everyone should be happy. <laughs> you know, everyone should be happy for LeBron. He's he's doing movies, he's the best basketball player in the world, he's setting a standard for the, the future players in the NBA, like, we should be happy and appreciate LeBron James because when he's gone, he will truly be missed. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well said, Black. All right, man, let's kind of transition out of Space Jam 2. You can go see that at HBO Max and in your local theater. Go check it out. Now, let's go ahead and transition, man. Now, we're getting ready for this upcoming football season, and boy, me and Black can't wait. But unfortunately, we were reminded of some things through an exclusive interview, interview excuse me, with... uh. Uh, Khabib, I always mess up this boy name. Talib, Khabib, Talib, Jesus Christ, Khalid. 
What's the man name, Black? Uh, Akeeb Talib. Khalid Tabib. Tabib? Akeeb Talib. Khalib, if you Talib, if you hear this, we truly mean no disrespect. All right, we truly mean no disrespect. So he has a podcast called Catch and Fades, Akeeb Talib, and I enjoy it for that matter. Well, he had Jalen Ramsey, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is now a major branded star out of Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Rams. And I can't lie, every time I see Ramsey in that Rams jersey, I blush. I say, by God, does he look good in that jersey? Make me miss him down here in the Bangham. Lord mm. knows he'll never come down here again unless he has to play a game against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. And knowing the NFL, they'll send the Jacks to L.A. Mm. But anyway, he was on the podcast Catching Fades. You can see that. You can hear that on iTunes. Watch it on YouTube. And Jalen just kind of took us back before this new era of the Jaguars, which we are now in, led by Urban Meyer and, of course, Sunshine, the blue-eyed angel, Trevor Lawrence. But I'm going to play this clip, and this is going to suffice of our sound of the week. I just want you to hear a little bit of how Jalen Ramsey described his, his tenure here in Jacksonville when the Jaguar, Jaguars were winning. Mm-hmm. Not when they were losing, when they were winning. Check it out. Um, and we created that bond that you were just talking about and that team chemistry that you were just talking about that we was going to fight for each other, ride for each other, you feel me? Because... To be honest, we ain't like Tom Coughlin. That's what it came mm. down to. We didn't, we didn't, yeah. we didn't, we didn't. Um, that was his first year in there, and we were a sorry team the year before. So you know, when a new, when something new come in, they gonna go. Especially when you, when you that sorry, they gonna go complete opposite. You know what I mean? Right. So we went from being like relaxed, having relaxed coaching staff and a coaching staff that let us be, you know adults and, and live our life and just kind of be who we were. But we was too young for that at the time. We was too young of a team right. to know how to to really treat that. So we took advantage of it, and, and that's why we weren't good. So when they brought in Tom Coughlin, we was uh, – he, he went complete opposite of that. He was like – it felt like – it felt like even worse than college at times, you know what I mean? Right. Just like all over again. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it turned into like where – we didn't even feel like half the stuff that he was trying to implement was even about football. You know what I mean? Like, man, you got to wear white socks. Like, dang, coach, it exactly. don't matter if I wear white socks or black socks. The receiver exactly. going to get shut it down regardless. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He, he, he probably going to get shut down a little bit more if you let me wear what I want to wear. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it it started to, it, like, just little stuff like that he started to bring. And, it and, and like, as a team, we ain't really like him like that. You know what I mean? Didn't nobody really like him or rock with him. So... Uh, man, we decided like as a team, like man, forget them, forget what they doing up top, right? And let's go, like let's make this about us. Look, we got to do this. We all got to go through the bullshit. We all got to do this. We all got to do that. All right, all right, all right. So that was a snippet, man, from Jalen Ramsey on catching fades with Akeeb Talib. Talib, if you hear this, I do apologize <laughs> for murdering your name for about thirty seconds before I was able to get it right. Now, Black, <clears throat> we live in the Bangle, man. Mm-hmm. We live here in Jacksonville, Florida, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are our home team. And we were here during that short, short, short stint of Saxonville. We were here when the Jaguars went 10 and 6 that year, but started off like 9 and 3. You know, red hot in the league. Got to the playoffs, did their whole spiel. Of course, while the Jaguars are winning, you really don't hear of any type of negativity because they're a winning team. We get to the AFC title game. 
So oh so close, oh so close from knocking off Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. But that offseason was different here in Jacksonville. Coming off a winning season, one quarter away from going to the Super Bowl, it felt like the city, the tide was starting to turn here. We, like, we had a winning product, that we had something that we can cheer for. We had studs on the defensive side of the ball that who, who, who were very marketable, like Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey could be marketed like a quarterback down here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But Black, that didn't last long. It did. You seen Tom Coughlin's ugly head rear. Soon after that, Black, the whole thing started to flame out very quickly. We also know what happened. The defense just started going. We started losing defensive backs in the offseason after that. We started losing just key pieces. They give Blake Borders $40 million. And then the ultimate disrespect, Houston, Texas, against the Texans, Jalen Ramsey, Doug Marone, go at it on the sideline because Doug Marone didn't want to challenger call that Ramsey said Hawkins didn't catch. And then after that, Doug, excuse me, uh, Caldwell cusses Jalen Ramsey out in the back office, disrespects him to the T, and that was the day Jalen Ramsey calls it quits. Now, Black, I want to paint that picture. And now I want to ask you two questions. The first one is short. Is Jay, was Jalen Ramsey is or was a superstar young talent cornerstone of an organization, Black? Uh, yes, he was. Maybe you can help me with this then, Black. Black, would you go into a backroom office in front of the owner and your cornerstone piece of the franchise and berate him and cuss him out and tell him to go apologize to Doug Monroe for the way he acted on the sideline, even though you know the antics of the game come with it? No, I wouldn't. Like I gotta know how you feel, man. After you heard all this information, yeah, it was it was really uh, bothered. It, it bothered me a little bit because one thing I don't like, man, I don't like the people. I know pe- people in power could overuse it. What's the word I'm looking for? D? They can kind abuse of it. abuse, abuse their, power. their power. Yeah. And in this case, uh, Tom Coughlin and uh, Dave Caldwell, who is thankfully no longer with the Jacksonville Jaguars, thankfully, and for them to, you know. Use this situation to up one on Jalen Ramsey and disrespect him. You know, I never knew none of this information. Sure, no. I didn't know it until now. And I was one of the ones bothered by Jalen leaving. I was like, well, let Jalen go. Let him do what he want to do. Go find whatever. It's time. He, he don't want to be here. He don't want to be here. But to know this information, D, it bothers me. Yeah, for sure. That two men of power... Forced our franchise player out of Jacksonville. Forced his hand. And potentially the best corner in the league out of Jacksonville. (laughs) We literally, right now, if things were all right and Cardwell and Coughlin were respectful, we would have the blue-eyed angel on one side of the football and Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the football. Mm. Just think about that, dude. I don't want to. It, it sickens me that Dave Caldwell and uh, Tom Coughlin allowed this to happen, but I don't blame Jalen Ramsey at all. I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. I would have been on the phone with my agent. Hey, it's time to go. They don't want to pay me anyway. Let's get get me up out of here. And, and, and the fact that this is Jalen wanted to go some bad, he really didn't care where it was at. He just wanted he out. He said he didn't even have the Rams on his list. He just wanted out. He just wanted out. He was hoping that he said he was hoping that it was Baltimore or somebody like Philly, that. I think but it, it was. really was like 
He's just thinking of places he may land. You know, he didn't have, I don't think he had a number one point destination. No, he didn't. And and to see him land with the Rams and what they, we already know what they do on the defensive side of the football. Yes, we and do. You put him in the mix. Lord. Like, the Rams won, man. And I just hate that Jalen had to leave Jacksonville like this. And I always had in the back of my mind, would there ever be a situation with those guys not being here anymore? Would Jalen ever consider coming back here? But he won't. No. Because he's, he's in L.A. Who wants to leave L.A. for Nobody. Jacksonville? I wouldn't leave L.A. for Jacksonville. <laughs> but, D, it's sad, man. I hate it. Caldwell, uh, Tom Coughlin, kill yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew Jalen wasn't barking just to bark. When players bark and they want out of their organizations, it's not for no reason. I say this all the time. Now, to hear this grown man, best corner in football, maybe the greatest athlete player in Jacksonville Jaguars history. I know you got Freddie T. I know you got Jimmy Smith and McCardell and Brunel. I know that. But when you look pound for pound, best athlete, it's Jalen Ramsey. That his franchise ever had before Sunshine was drafted. When you got Caldwell, Coughlin, Khan, and Khan in the back office standing like some sharks, even though he gave the Khans credit and said they were respectful in their conversation. Tom Coughlin giving him the death eye. And then Caldwell cussing them out? They must have forgot something, Black. You want to know what that was? They must have forgot they were the Jaguars. They thought they was Jerry. They thought they wow. were Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Wow. They, 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 they thought they was uh, Kraft and Belichick. That's who they thought they was. Well, y'all was the Jaguars. Ain't one, ain't did, ain't nothing. <laughs> and you sitting in a back office. Talking to the cornerstone of the franchise at the time, any kind of way about apologizing to the head coach because he was passionate? Oh my God! I'm surprised the team didn't go up for sale after that. That that is what I be talking about. I know I ain't gonna name their names, but I know personal friends of mine who had a bad taste in their mouth about Jalen Ramsey. And I told them he is not doing this for no reason. This is not for nothing. And shout out to Jalen Ramsey for keeping his mouth closed and going about his business. Jalen Ramsey done been in L.A. He done been in L.A. He kept this to himself until he was asked about on the podcast almost two years ago. I, I give him props for that because he could have went about this a very ugly way, but he didn't. He kept his mind on his business and got the hell out of Jacksonville and who can blame him? So hopefully all these disgruntled Jalen Ramsey uh, uh, guys who hate Jalen for bunking on the team, hopefully they hear this and they be like, man, my bad. Because that's despicable. Caldwell was a GM longer than he should have been. Tom Coffin shouldn't have been back in the first place. And I told everybody who will listen, this is all on the cons. The cons could have controlled this. But that's the difference between knowing football and knowing business. And then the, and the casualty of that was Saxonville. There's no reason that young defense shouldn't have been together at least five to six years in the league. Yeah. Go look at these cornerstone defenses around the league. Go look at the Ravens and see how long them boys stay together. Go, go look at them. 
them. Go mm-hmm. look at the Saints over the past few years and see how long them boys stay together. Go look mm-hmm. at them the, the Patriots. Go look at them. We had one year. One year, black. That's embarrassing, man. And That's I know we're talking in past tense because we got a new situation here. But it still hurts when you hear this. Mm-hmm. This man didn't want to leave this city. This man was forced out of this city because he was disrespected. He wasn't treated as a man. He was treated like a little boy, a peon. A peon. And Caldwell had the bright idea to corner this man in the office. Cuss him out as if he was Jerry Jones. Or Robert Kraft. Hmm. That's why James Caldwell is currently on a riding lawnmower somewhere in Ortega here in Jacksonville <laughs> cutting his grass. And I can guarantee you that Dave Caldwell will never, ever, ever get a general manager job in the National Football League again, especially when people start to hear this. Because you know what? What moves the NFL? It's talent. It's players. Not general managers. Hmm. You're there to do a job. I'm here to put butts in the seats. I'm here to get, I'm here to be on the field literally trying to get you a championship. Mm-hmm. Not you, sir. Mm-hmm. Not you. So, yeah, man, that, it just reminded you of the situation that we were in. And by God, I hope our good, uh, our good man, Freddie Bricks, did not get wind of this. I hope he did. Because if he did, whew, we might have a special edition coming. Because <laughs> you know how he gives it up. When it comes to this, this was just awful to hear. I think we need to send it to him, bro. I guess I will. I guess I will. But the thing for me with Caldwell is, and the other part that was very disturbing, when Jalen said, he was like, the guy always walked past me in the hallway and never had nothing to say to me. He would always reach out to my agent like, hey, can you tell Jalen about this and that? Or, yeah. But when you get in a bike office in front of the big guy. Yeah, yeah. Now you want to really show your butt. Ridiculous, man. It's just it's just crazy to me, man. Ridiculous. That's why I'm so happy these, these, those clowns ain't even here no more, bro. I'm so happy they're not again. here. Absolutely. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and move forward, man. So um, you can catch that podcast, Catching Fades, Akeem Tlaib. Uh, shout out to my boy Dunbar, man. He actually sent it over to me. So that's the only way I was aware of it and checked it out, man. It was pretty good. So y'all go check him out, man, and get you some, uh, some good content, man. But unfortunately, the Jacksonville Jaguars were uh, once again uh, the clowns in the lunchroom, my boy, and everybody was laughing at them. All right, man, so we're going to go ahead and get into our tweet of the week. And this is all, you know, setting up, um, you know, for what we're going to be talking about here shortly. All right, so shout out Kurt Angle, man. I just just feel like hearing that music, man. Shout out Kurt, bro. All right, man, so let's go ahead and get into our tweet of the week. And this comes from Fox Sports Nick Wright, all right? And he said it perfectly. The Bucks overpaid to make sure they could get Drew Holiday, the best defensive point guard in the league, to make sure that Giannis would be there long term. On the biggest play the franchise had in 50 years, Drew ripped Devin Booker and trusted in Giannis. What an iconic moment, not only for the Bucks, but for the NBA. And by God, I am still shook over that play, and we will talk about. Shout out, Kurt Angle. How was this? What a 
a great theme song that's for a Kurt. Theme song, what man. a great theme song for Kurt, man. Shout out Kurt, man, wherever you at out there in the world, man. It's true, man. Hey, oh, that's it's what, true. You know what we need to do one time, bro. What's that, my boy? A top five theme song from WWE. That'll be dope. <laughs> That'll do. be dope. That'll be dope. That'll be dope. Yeah, I'm feeling you, Black Man. Please make sure we don't forget about All that. All right. Man. But yeah, uh, we're gonna be talking about that uh in just a few seconds, man. But we're gonna get into some of your favorite segments, man. We're gonna do our top five. And as we know, uh, I got called out black by a couple of people said I was extremely harsh to the USA uh, basketball team uh, when they lost to Argentina. I mean, Nigeria, just to see them lose to Australia <laughs> only 48 hours later. Only 48 hours later. So, even though they won a game, you know, they won a game before they head off to Tokyo next week. I believe they got one more scrimmage. I think that game is tonight. Tonight, yeah. Against Australia, Nigeria. They Ni- Nigeria. No, 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 no. Not, not yeah, it's Nigeria? It's, no, it's Spain. Me? They play Spain tonight. You sure? Yeah, it's Spain. Okay, so yeah. they got one more tonight. We'll see how it goes. You know, we have some shakeups in USA basketball. No Kevin Love. No Bradley Beal. They replace him with JaVale McGee. And I can't remember the other kid from the Spurs. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> we're going to really see how this thing kind of shapes out before we get into our Olympic talk. But but like I said, um, we're going to be giving our top five of our top five Olympic players of all time. And we haven't gave this music any love in so long. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Bro, you listening to the sports dance? It's time once again. All right, Black. Let's get into our top five this week, man. It's our top five Olympic players. Of all the time. And this could be an interesting interesting list. Even though most of the uh, USA men's basketball teams are very, very successful. Um, and they really deliver some damage. But each team that we've seen in our lifetimes, you always have that one or two, maybe three players that stand <clears throat> out uh, <throat> from everybody else. So, Black, I'm eager to hear your list, man. Give me your top five Olympic players of all time. Uh, yeah. At number five, I have Vince Carter. Mm. At number four, I have Kevin Durant. Mm. At number three, I have LeBron James. Mm-hmm. At number two, I have Kobe Bryant. And at number one, I have Carmelo Anthony. Oh, Lord. You ain't missing nobody off that list? Uh, no. Whew, okay, Black. All right. At number five, for me, I have the most decorated Olympian, Carmelo Anthony, at number five. Number four, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley introduced to uh, the whole world when the Dream Team went out to Barcelona of trash talk. He introduced it. Everything was so, hey, nice to meet you. Oh, oh, we're so glad. No, no, no. Charles said we're here to kick your teeth in and get this gold medal ahead back stateside. And I appreciated Charles for doing that, all right? Number three, the king, LeBron James at number three. Number two, Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe always has a special place in my heart, of course, for so many other reasons. But I really respect that Kobe's role that he played on his last Olympic team for defense. Mm-hmm. He let that be known. He let it be he known. He let Braun and Durant and Aunt Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, y'all, y'all do all that. I'm going to take the best player. I'm going to lock him down. And then when we needed him the most <laughs> in the final gold medal game, 
the Mamba attacked offensively. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget just his mindset and the unselfishness from Bryant on that team. So that's why he's number two for me. Number one, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is number one because of who he was and what he brought to the game globally. Magic and Bird kind of cracked the door open, but Jordan just had a different type of swag. Jordan had a different type of skill set and athleticism that the world hadn't seen. You've seen a little bit from Dr. J. You talk to some old heads, and they'll tell you, Dr. J gave us glimpsing, little sneak peeks of it, but Jordan was a different ball game. And when he went to Barcelona, if you watch these Dream Team documentaries and how Americans had suffered so much and really weren't getting respect mm-hmm. around the world, it was Jordan that really waved that flag. And then when you hear the practices with the legends of Magic Johnson and Barkley and say, hey, this is Michael's team. This is Michael's team. Because when they went there, Magic them didn't want to give it to him. Magic and Bird, and I'm like, oh, we're going to show them. We're going to show them. And they say Michael was cooking them boys. <laughs> cooking them boys. And Magic said at the end of the practice, yeah, this is Michael's team. So I just, I just, I think if you're a basketball fan, just overall, you're grateful for Michael Jordan introducing the the new NBA to the world mm-hmm. because it, it, it opened up the floodgates of just all these possibilities for guys like LeBron James today and Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. Because when you're on stage for the Olympics now, it means something. Beforehand, when Mike them got there, it really didn't mean much or nothing because you had college kids mm-hmm. playing on the Olympic team. So, yeah, that's why I got Michael Jordan at number one. Mm. Okay. All right, man, so we're going to transition out of that, man. We're going to go into uh, um, our start, bench, or cut. And it's it's, it's fresh, but I thought it would be good. And I'd be very, very eager uh, to hear um, exactly how Black feels about these three in particular moments to see what he is really feeling. Let's get into it. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on, now. New sports dance. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? He lied! It's time once again. <laughs> All right, Black. Oh, let me get this turned down a bit. All right, here we go, man. Our star bench cut. And black man, we've been getting some very good moments in this NBA Finals. Most of them been coming from the Bucks. Got to tip the cap the book as well for for his last two games. But most of the iconic moments that will live forever are coming from the Bucks. So black, we've had some pretty defining moments, last second moments that really determine um, championship. Uh, situations for these teams. And I have these three situations now. One of these is still going on, all right? So that's just a hint for you. But I want to know what you start, bitch, you cutting out these three defining NBA Finals moments, all right? Number one, Michael Jordan's steal of Karl Malone taking the ball up court, doing Byron Russell in for his sixth and final championship in Chicago. Number two, the block, LeBron James. In the NBA Finals, Game 7 in the Oracle, 73-9, down 3-1. Andre Iguodala hits this dunk. Golden State Warriors win this championship. LeBron said, ah-ah, block. Get it out of here. Kyrie for three, Cavs win. And last but not least, we don't know the outcome of this Finals yet, but it's looking heavy on one side. Drew Holiday's rip up the flow lob 
to Giannis Antetokounmpo to seal game five and put the Bucks up three games to two. Black, which one of these are you starting? What are you bitching? And what are you cutting, my boy? <clears throat> I know. I know it. D, I'm going to go. I know what I'm picking, and I don't care what nobody think. You shouldn't. I'm going to pick Gian. I'm going to start Giannis. The block, the still in the dunk for the t- for the moment in the situation. At at what situation? Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to bench the block from LeBron, and I'm going to cut uh, Michael Jordan still and game winning shot. Whew. Okay, I'm starting to block forever. <laughs> I'm start. I went back and watched that today. I, I went. I kind of prepped myself. Kind of cheated a little bit. And I watched all three today on YouTube. And by God, I mean, game seven, it was a minute and 36 seconds on the clock. And the play as it developed, Brown went and got that thing, boy. He did. He came out of nowhere, too. He went and got that thing. So I'm going to start the block forever. Forever? Uh, forever. I'm starting Man, the block. That was last night was so cold, bro. It was. Bruh. It was. But I'm starting the block forever. <laughs> all right. And then I'm going to bench Drew Holiday to Giannis. I'm going to bench Drew Holiday to Giannis. <laughs> because of the theater of it. And I may be living in the moment right now, but man, that thing still got me shook up. I mean, I felt like I, I feel like I'm like a Phoenix Suns down hard fan when that thing happened. That thing took my soul away. Hey bro, I woke the whole house up. God. I man. woke the whole house up, my boy. We're gonna get into it in a second, but just that play, man. And then we already gonna forget about the block Giannis had on Aiden. How spectacular that was. And then I'm gonna have to cut, man. Even though, man, listen, bro, like, that was a marvelous play by Michael. For him to have the awareness to swat Malone, the MVP of the league, take that ball up court, tail field, no time. I don't even notice that. Like, the person, the video I was watching, they had to show me what Mike was like. He waved the timeout off from field, he waved it off. And just came down, came down, gave Russell the shimmy and pulled that thing and held that pole. That was mm, beauty. Mm, mm. That was beauty. And I know it's tough. I know some people going to be like, y'all crazy, but we might be. But look, man, that steal from Holiday Dude. and that lob and the way Giannis caught that thing, that man's head was hitting the top of the rim. Hey, bro, that ain't that for me. God. It's the way when he did it and turned around and looked right hey, in ooh, the Ooh, I felt That's that thing. That's what I'm talking about, bro. Mugging. Yeah. Mugging. I felt that thing. Bro, bro look. Bro, he looked directly in the camera. That man had my attention. <laughs> that man got my attention forever after that. Good God. Yeah, man. So, y'all let us know. The block from LeBron, the steal and the oot from Drew to uh, Giannis, or the swat and the shot from Michael. All of these NBA Finals moments. Y'all let us know what you start, what you're benching, or you're cutting. Whew. Man, we've been talking about it so much, man. Let's go on and get into this NBA, dog. Yeah, man. I'm ready to talk about it. Hey, 
All right, all right, man. Let's get to it, man. The 2021 NBA Finals are now three games to two. The Milwaukee Bucks took care of business in Phoenix last night, getting a 123-119 win. They are one game away from claiming their first championship in over 51 years. But this series is still a series. This series is still a series. Black, let's go ahead and just go ahead and talk through the end of the game and we'll just go back because I don't want to wait. Black, let's just talk about the setup, man. The setup, man. Phoenix took control of this game in the first quarter. Milwaukee took control of the second, the third, and the fourth quarter. And they were up, but Phoenix was mowing them down, mowing them down. And you get to a situation, man. <laughs> well, book, it was just set up. Before this situation happened, I like, yo, book finna do this. Book finna have his moment. Like, it's time. Like, look at the basketball god setting it up for him. I say, book finna be crowned. He finna get his opportunity to shine for a lifetime. And my man... Gave a herky-jerky, in my opinion, I'll talk about the plan a little bit more. But in my opinion, the herky-jerky, driving to the hole, stopping, getting ready to pull, Drew come off that weak side, and being the amazing defender that he is. By God, the best defensive guard in basketball mm. in basketball mm. the mindset to strip that thing from book clean and they got the raw audio and i heard today on nba tv on um on youtube you hear Giannis making this noise to drew him and drew never make eye contact but Giannis is going hoop 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 like that's what he's doing drew slows down i want y'all to go see this i promise y'all go to youtube go see it Drew, Drew slows down and takes an angle off to the left to make room for Giannis. He knew he coming. And Drew threw that thing as high as he could. And Giannis went and got that thing. And he yammed it clean. And when he came down to his feet, and I might be tripping. We'll talk about this because there's a lot we're going to talk about with this play. He stood tall. He hunched them shoulders over. And he mean mugged that camera. But you know who was 12 feet away? Mmm. From that camera, mm. right? You know who was 12 feet from mm. that away from that camera? Mm-hmm. The king. Yeah. Was 12 feet away from that camera. Yeah. And I gotta say, and we'll talk about it, Black. Just hold on. Mm. But I got a feeling that he told LeBron with that moment, it's my time now. Mm. It's my time now. And I did it on your homeboy head. Ooh. That's what I felt like he was saying. Because a lot of people not discussing Chris Paul. Was right there, oh, and, yeah. that, and that play could have went ugly because Chris Paul pushed him. Yeah, Giannis could have really hurt. He himself. really could have hurt himself. And I saw it. I say, Chris, Chris, wrong nasty. for that. That's nasty. That's nasty. Full, full extension. Full too. extension. Full the extension. The league missed it. The league missed it. There was nothing called. There was no flagrant. No nothing called. That was nasty from Chris. But that if they was to look back at that, that should be a flagrant foul. And it should be a technical yeah. on him. And matter of fact, it probably should be a fine. Yeah. Because if Giannis wouldn't have been able to hold on to that rim a little bit as he did and land decently. Yeah, he would have landed nasty on the ground. Real bad. Well. Real bad. Yeah. All right, Black, let's talk about the play, man. How did you feel watching it? I know we've been talking about it for the last 10 minutes through other segments. But just how did it feel, man, seeing it? Um, First of all and foremost... I want to say to you, dear D. Okay. Fear the deer. <laughs> fear the deer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, the play was amazing, man. God. I'm D. I, 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 
And I was supposed to be in bed. I was supposed to. I said, I'm going to watch the first half and I'm just going to chill. I'm going to go to sleep, have me a good night. D, I ended up staying up for that thing. And I should have texted you, man, while I was watching it. But D, I was on, I was on the edge of the couch, yeah, man, man, watching this thing like one of these are my teams, bro. Yeah, man. And man, just to see. First, I know we're talking about the play, but I know we're going to get into the game. But I just want to give a shout out to uh, Bootenhoser, man. He did oh, a wonderful, yeah, amazing job of coaching last night. One of the best coaching jobs I've seen him put on in these playoffs, in these finals. Yeah. Bootenhoser adjusted to everything that the Suns wanted to do. Yeah. And I and I and I love that he did an amazing job. But man, for that play, man, and I was right along with you, D, because I was saying to myself, man, the Bucks are gonna lose this. Cause Book had then came from out that out of bounds play and came off that screen and hit that big three to get it to one. Huge. I was like, oh man. And then they fouled Giannis. Giannis missed the freeze. I said, here it go. Here it go. <laughs> I was like, man, I I was I was in the midst of, dang, do I want to go to bed or do I want to stay up and watch it? You weren't going nowhere. I wasn't going <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going nowhere. But man, like you said, Book had then did the the herky jerky on yeah. on uh on PJ Tucker. He even got PJ Tucker like he called him moving. He called him. But man, the the awareness mm-hmm. of the awareness of Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Not only did he steal a ball, he yanked the ball. He took, he took the ball away from D Book. D Book falls on the ground, and I looked at it. And sl- they got it on Instagram in slow mo. D Book even tried to trip, trip Holiday, Holiday. Mm-hmm. as he yanked the ball out, but he couldn't. He couldn't get him because Drew Holiday had then passed over his arm, mm-hmm. and to see you just seen Giannis' eyes light up when Drew. Basically touched the ball and was headed the other way. Giannis, was gone. Giannis just was full steam ahead the other gone. way. He was gone. And when Drew, what I thought Drew was going to do was stop and pull because that shot had been working for him in the game mm-hmm. early in the game. Well, he he would bring the ball up, but pull back out and stop him and, and stop mm-hmm. and pull the shot. And he been making it, mm-hmm. but he threw that thing in the air, bro. And. I done seen Giannis have some dunks, bro. For sure. We done seen Giannis over the time do some amazing, have some amazing dunks. For sure. But that dunk right there Special. in that moment, bro. Special. Special stuff. And it goes back to what we were saying when we was previewing the the other games. Giannis in these in these games in the big moments, bro. Phenomenal. Giannis always had that play to have you like, wow. Phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. Like. <laughs> the 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 length of the arms and the extension for him to get that ball and dunk it the way he did, even with Chris Paul pushing him, was amazing, man. And then for him to dunk it and then come down and look in the camera and and be like, "Yeah, it's my y'all time know now. what time it is." My time now. Hey, man, that moment. I think that's one of the moments you're going to see in the real. Oh, forever. When you're watching the finals. Forever, bro. If they pull this out, that's one of the reels you're going to see. I think you'll see it if the they finals. don't pull it out. <laughs> Look. Yeah, man. Def- amazing play. Amazing play, D. I was shook, man. And I was surprised how I was feeling about it because it's like it's it's like he did it to me. You know, that's how powerful the play was. And, and I love this game. I love basketball. And the older that I get, I, I fall in love with the, just the game in general. I play a lot of basketball in my spare time, so I love the game of basketball. And, and truthfully, truthfully, 
I'm more uh, devoted to basketball these days more than I am football, just off passion of seeing the game being unfolded. That's just a personal thing to me. But I watched this play at least 50 times, bro. Like, since when the game was over, really up till before we did the show. And I just wanted to see it. And they have all these different angles that they provide on YouTube and that you can see from different angles how this play developed. And it's like one of these things, man, it's like, how did this happen? And this is what I meant earlier when I said I'm going to go back to book and we'll book messed up. Book had P.J. Tucker at the top of the key really one-on-one. He had him one-on-one. And all night long, Book been doing a nice herky-jerky, being able to get to the rim, getting to a sweet spot where he can get a nice mid-range. All night long, it's just been working. And at this particular play, at the top of the key, when he crossed right and opened back up that right shoulder and brought the ball back, P.J. Tucker was off balance. Mm-hmm. Book should have pulled it right then. Mm-hmm. There was no one around. Drew Holiday was not even in the vicinity of him yet. Mm-hmm. Book should have pulled right inside the free throw line. That game would have been over. If you go back and watch the play, he crosses right. He opens up that right shoulder when the ball comes back. P.J. Tucker is off balance. But Book put the ball back down and drove. And I'm not blaming Book because he's just doing instinctually what he felt like he needed to do. He ain't know Drew Holiday was right there, obviously. But he puts the ball back down and he drives back right. And when he opens up the goal, like he was just going, trying to go for a fadeaway. Yeah, yeah. Drew was right there, hands perfect position, grabs the ball, yanks it. Ball goes up. And it went up in the way where the ball started rolling down the court. And Drew didn't even have to go get it. It was in stride. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Giannis on that clip that I seen on YouTube. Who, 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 who. And I got to think that's something that they practice. They know that's Giannis if he's giving off that chant somewhat. It, it's kind of eerie to hear that it's like a it's like a wild animal in the jungle. Let you know that I'm free. And Drew just coasts off to the left, makes room for Giannis. He basically got out of Giannis' way. And when Giannis bypassed him, you can see the video. Soon as Giannis is at this man's shoulder, he throws it. Giannis is not even down there yet. He gets it and he yams it. Lands on them two feet. And it's like he knew where that camera was at. And when I tell you, when that joker was looking into that camera, I felt that thing. (laughs) Black. I I felt that thing, boy. That was different now, boy. That was a different feeling. I ain't never caught that feeling from Giannis before. Mm -hmm. And then I got to thinking. I said, oh, dear God. Who's only 10 feet away? LeBron was 10 feet away. I would pay my life's earnings. Not to see his eyes. To see his eyes. To see his eyes without the shades on. Because you couldn't see. I would have paid my life earnings to jump inside LeBron's head at that very second. Just to see what was going through his mind. And and I know this is not about LeBron. This is about the Suns. This is about the Bucks. But LeBron added theater to the game last night because he was there supporting his friend, Chris Paul. Mm Sitting right there in front row. But... How ironic things go the way that they go. Mm. And as a result of that, Devin Booker's 40-point game, another one down the drain. Down the drain. How often do you see that in the finals when a player gets 40 points? Back-to-back games and they don't get one of them? But but Milwaukee, no, we can allow him to get 40. (sighs) You're right. But we finna get, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can allow him to do that. Spectacular ending to that game. I know we skipped the whole game. 
But man, it was worth it. Talking about this final play. And I tell you what, if the Bucks somehow, someway manage to finish this off and win this title, this will be the play for their organization for uh, forever. And when you talk Milwaukee Bucks, that will be the play. Mm-hmm. And then follow behind that will be Giannis blocking Aiton. That play will be right behind that. And then the play after that will be Giannis hyperstending his leg in Atlanta, game four, not knowing if he will be even capable of even walking again, let alone doing what he is doing. This man is averaging 33 and 12. 67 percent from the field there's only one player that rivals his dominance and that is Shaquille O'Neal and that is only black only only by one rebound one rebound that's crazy one rebound so black let's talk about this game excuse me as a whole I know we just kind of ran them up but we had to (laughs) Cause that thing been bothering me, boy. But Black, just this whole game in general, what'd you just think? We knew the stakes. 2-2 coming in. What'd you think about game five as a whole? Man, uh, amazing basketball game. As I stated when we were just talking, uh, amazing job by Budenholzer, man. Um, when they were down 16, he called a timeout. And I don't know what this man said in the huddle or a player said, oh, Giannis or Drew or who said what. But when those boys came down, they started chopping. Mm-hmm. They start chopping mm. and chopping mm-hmm. and once and took control of this basketball game. Yes, they did. And to see Milwaukee take control, and I'm not just talking D. You like you said this. You you said they paid big money to get Drew Holiday. They there. did. They gave up first round picks to get Drew Holiday there. Yes, they did. And this, and I was worried about Drew. I was like, man, Drew just ain't being himself in this game. He hadn't had that game. Mm-hmm. But, man, in game five, he came through big time. Let me tell you something about the Milwaukee Bucks. If you get a game where you got Giannis got 30, Middleton got almost 30, and then Drew got almost 30, that's a no-win situation for you. For sure. That's a no-win situation. And then you and then you got your role players giving you something. Pat Connington gave me 14 points off the gave me 14 points off the bench. Amazing. Got the most three points in the finals. Out of any player in the finals, got the most three pointers. Amazing. And man, just this team as a whole, man, to lock in and chop the wood and come back and take control of this game. Even though the Suns was chopping wood trying to come back and get it, but the awareness and the and the toughness of the Milwaukee Bucks to make key plays down the stretch when needed. That's what the NBA Finals is about, man. Man. Making the making the tough plays, digging deep. How can I get my team over the top and get a win? Man. And that's what we've been seeing from Milwaukee ever since game three. Man. They've been doing what it takes, D. It ain't been pretty, but they doing the ugly stuff, the good stuff, everything, and doing enough to get their team over the top. We were just talking about Chris Middleton, man, how old world he looked, man. And then in game in game five, who would have knew we get all three of them look like all world? Who would have thought all three of them would have went off in the same game? Not me. I know I didn't think that. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a time and point in this game, and I'm gonna let you go. Mm-hmm. When 
Drew when when uh Chris Middleton and Book seemed like they picked up what he left off in game four. Yeah, second quarter. Man, second quarter. they were going blow for blow. Second quarter. Shot for shot. D, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like these guys really going at each other. They and I mean, want nobody missing, D? Mm-mm. Bucket for bucket. Bucket for bucket. And I was like, man, this is what finals basketball is about. Yes, sir. To see these teams who, see Milwaukee who hadn't won in 50 years, or see the Suns who's never won a, 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 a championship. To see the passion and the everything that they putting into this finals, man, it is theater at the highest level, and I'm enjoying it. D, great basketball game. Uh, the 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 game was crazy, man. I mean, it had his it, it, everything about the game. It just had highs. I didn't see any lows in this game. Everything was just high for me, but I was I enjoyed every minute of it. D. Great, great uh, game five uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, this is an emotional take for me. I mean, I'm not really looking at any stats, even though I have them in front of me. It's just an emotional take. I just love finals basketball, and this series has been that. I mean, you get a 2-0 lead from Phoenix. We've seen this in NBA finals before, and then you see the other team just kind of say, no, we're not going out like this, no. Like y'all, y'all, y'all might have had us almost dead, but we ain't dead. And this is the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been doing this since coming out of the Heat series. They start off slow, they take a couple bumps in the head, and then they just run you out of town once they get going. Look at the Atlanta series. Look at the, the Nets series in the second round. Look at the Bucks playoff journey this whole way. Look at it. It's been the same story over and over. Over and over, and here we are again. But the one difference here is Devin Booker is giving it everything he has. But no one else from the Phoenix Suns is. Mm. And Mm. here is the story. Talk about it. Chris Paul, he looks old. Mm. He looks like he's lost a step, and he's lost it in these finals. I'll give Paul credit in the fourth quarter. Two timely buckets. Two timely bucket, buckets that he contributed to get the Suns back close enough to try to win this game. I'll give Paul that. But Drew Holiday's wearing him down. I ain't never seen Chris Paul give the ball up coming to court like so much that he did last night. You had Bridges bringing the ball up. You had Book bringing the ball up. I ain't never seen Chris Paul tell somebody to give the ball somewhere else. That's a sign. DeAndre Ayton. Basically, no factor since game two. Nothing. What, what The rotations are looking different from Monty Williams. He's being out coached now. Monty Williams is relying on his team to have heart and show grit. That ain't going to get you a championship. You got to have lineups. You got to have rotations. You got to know when to call your timeouts. You got to stop keeping Devin Booker out the game for so long. Devin Booker need to be going the whole way. For the, yeah. Devin no, Booker don't need to sit down. He don't. This is for a title. <laughs> if the Phoenix Suns lose this championship, I don't know when they're coming back here. <laughs> Not to say that they won't, because this young core, they're going to be together. Chris Paul is the only X Factor. Will he be back or not? We don't know. But this young core, they're going to be together. But I just feel like Monty Williams and the young Suns players are not taking advantage of this opportunity. I'm so, 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 I don't want to say disappointed because I'm not disappointed in Chris. I'm just deflated by Chris right now. 
And it's I'm just confused on why now? Why now play the way that you're playing? Why now turn the ball over the way you're turning the ball over? Like it's like last night Chris was trying extra hard at some points in time. He was doing these wild crossovers, losing the ball. Like he was just in different in different spots of the game. He just was he just was a non-factor. Liability. And Book is out there giving it everything he has, but he's not getting any help. I mean, if you look at the stats from the Phoenix Suns, the first thing you see, obviously, is the 40, the 40 piece from Book. But then down the line, you got 10 from Crowder. That's a plus if you get 10 from him. 13 from Bridges. Even though Aiden gave you 20 and 10, it wasn't nothing memorable about those 20. Chris Paul gave you 21. It's not a bad game for Chris, but it need more. you need more. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not the first game at the All-Star break. And as a result of that, the Phoenix Suns are in trouble. Game six is in Milwaukee. We've seen what that energy like is in Milwaukee. Now, we'll give our predictions here shortly, man, about what's going to happen on Tuesday night. And I picked the Suns to win this thing in seven games. I believe Buck, Black, you picked the Bucks in seven as well. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very, very nervous of where Giannis and the Bucks are compared to where Chris and the and the Suns are. And they going on the road. They got to go to Milwaukee to try to force this thing back to Phoenix for a game seven. I don't like their chances right now. Because the way that game ended, for Giannis to do what he did, for Drew to make the play that he did, for the souls to be snatched mm. from Phoenix like I saw, for the fan base to be quiet, you could hear a penny drop on the ground. Not souls, The D. souls were snatched by that play. I'm going to just say this. It'll be highly unlikely the Phoenix Suns went on Tuesday night. Mm. This series is over. The Milwaukee Bucks will be crowned NBA champions on Tuesday night. Because now I've been forced to be made into a believer of the Greek freak. You've been forced. I've been forced. I was always borderline with him. Mm-hmm. I never disliked Giannis. I just didn't know if he had what he needed to have to do what he's doing right now. But has it just been for you saying you're being forced? Yeah. Has it just been this series or these impl- these playoffs in its entirety? It started game seven against Brooklyn. Okay. That's when it started. I fully didn't get on board because I'm going to keep it real. There was no Kyrie. There was no James Harden was on one leg. But he got the job done and they advanced. When they got to Atlanta, I feel like they should have crushed Atlanta. I didn't feel like Atlanta was a formidable opponent for the Bucs. I didn't. I didn't even respect the series that much. I said the Bucs were winning five mm-hmm. at the beginning. But then when you get deep into these series, do you understand? I think none of us understand, but if we could put our minds to try to understand the anxiety that these players go through, walking on the NBA Finals floor, only game on, you look around, the stars of the stars are out. You look over to your left, by God, there's LeBron James sitting on the front row. By God, there's this singer. There's this actor. There's so many Spike Lee. I mean, so much going on. So for Giannis to channel all of that and do the things that he's doing while still not getting respect from his peers, because let me tell you what I've been noticing. If LeBron James goes crazy on the NBA court, you see so many people tweeting about it. NBA peers. You see Dame Lillard, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. You see so many people. You see LeBron do the same thing for Steph and all them. They, boy, you going crazy. 
But I don't see nobody saying yeah. nothing about Giannis. They don't. You absolutely I right. I see nothing. Yeah, you absolutely right, And bro. Kendrick Perkins said something today on his Instagram Live. And Kendrick Perkins said, you want to know what that is? Why you don't see other peers, his peers saying anything? Because they're afraid now. They're afraid. Mm. Because the man is reaching his potential. This is a good basketball team that can only get better. Budenholzer is growing. Middleton is growing. Drew Holiday is coming into form. Giannis is sincerely making, and I'm going to say this too, because I'm going to keep it real. In the next two days, when the commissioner hands Giannis that NBA trophy and followed by handing him that MVP, finals MVP trophy, we got a new best player in the world. And Perk, and you know what D Perk said? That Perk was like, if this man pulls this off, he's the best in the world. And and wins the NBA championship, finals MVP, best in the world, two time MVP, defensive, defensive player, player of the, the year. World, he letting you know right there, I'm the best player in the world. It's not it's not a matter of what we think. It's a matter of what's in front of us. And it's and the writing is on the wall. It's a matter of what's in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> he will be the best player in the world. Mm. Period. Period. And he forced me to be a believer. That rarely happens in sports for me. Because I'm not really, I ain't too my own horn, but I ain't really wrong like that. Yeah. I ain't really wrong like and that. For you, and, 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 and to look at the whole thing with him, the way his dominance is, his finals dominance is being next to Shaq. Yes, sir. It's amazing to me. Yep. You know, we've seen so many players in and out the finals, great players, superstars, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. You know, we just seen these guys have their moments. But the dominance of Giannis is being seen. To be sit to be put in the same position and sit next to Shaq and be as dominant as he is. And we see it in the games. There's nothing the Suns can do with him. There's nothing they can do with him at all. Giannis does, does what he wants to do. Well, man, when I seen Giannis taking a little 15-foot jump shot, I said, oh, man. Oh, man. D. All and he net. was hitting a couple of them consistently. All net, too. I'm like, oh, man, what you do? What do you do? That shows me that he can work on that and get better if he's hitting that shot. And then if he develops that into his game, D, and we already talk about him being dominant, what could we be looking at right here, D? What could we really be looking at? Yeah. Like, this guy would literally be unstoppable. It's nothing no one can do with him. Yeah. At first, the knock on Giannis when we see him in the playoffs before was, oh, man, if you cut the basket off, he can't do nothing. Which we saw. Which we saw. And then we were saying that in early in these playoffs, man, if you cut the basket off, Giannis ain't going to do much. When they, get, when they get in these closer games, these hard series, cut the basket off. But it's one thing you said that was key, and I'm going to always say it. Giannis is not being denied. He takes he something, is, man. He is not being stopped. He's he going motor 100%. You ain't going to stop me from getting to the cup. And that's what we're seeing from Giannis. And it's working. And for this series, man, to be in this situation – Going back to Milwaukee, you just got to thank D, like you said, man. The bus going to be lifting this trophy uh, on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. We could be crowning a new champion, man, in Milwaukee. Giannis didn't leave Milwaukee for those for this type of moment. 
And yeah. for him to be able to get the pieces he have and be the lone superstar on this team and to and to potentially deliver a championship to Milwaukee, man, like you say, D, best player in the world status, man. Best player in the world status. It's been 50 years. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Oscar Robinson. And Oscar Robinson was the last was the last players to help deliver a championship to Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday on the verge from Houston, that trophy, man. And boy, it's going to be steaming hot <laughs> in Milwaukee, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, steaming hot. My gut's telling me that it's over. But I'm not laying down on the Suns. I know I just said what I said, but I'm not laying down on Phoenix because when you really look at this game, the final score was 123 to 119. Mm-hmm. The Suns could have won this game. You go back to game three. I mean, you go back to game four in Milwaukee. The Suns could have won that game. It fell apart from them late in the fourth quarter. The Suns are right there. Mm-hmm. It's turnovers that are killing them late in the fourth quarter. And they paid the ultimate price by what? Losing. Three games in a row. Phoenix is in a position now. They haven't been in the entire playoffs. Yeah. They are now facing elimination. They've lost three straight ball games. They've, they haven't, they don't know what this is like. They don't. And this is the scary part for Phoenix. The young players. Campaign. Uh, Bridges. They've never been in this. Hey, they, they, Booker. They they've been. never been in this situation. The only one who's been in this situation is Chris Paul. And he, he hasn't been, been in the situation, situation on the final stage. No, but I'm saying, I'm just saying, facing elimination, mm-hmm. facing elimination, losing three games in a row. Chris Paul's the only one who knows what it feels like in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How does Monty Williams rally them? What is D Book going through right now, saying, "Man, I gave 42 games in a row and we lost." What's D Book's mindset going to be on the road? Cam John, I mean Cam Payne and. Miles Bridges, like, what are they going to be like on the road? You know what this feels like? What is it going to be like? This feels like when that Laker team was down three games or two and they went back to Boston. And Kobe, this is when Kobe was in search of it getting his uh, fourth championship. And the Lakers came out in the first quarter and Kobe hit a first couple bucks and Kobe was looking at the fans. He was like, nah, not tonight. No ring tonight. And then they lost by 40. Mm. Boston became champions. I feel like this could happen on Tuesday night. Well, Book and the Suns have a good first quarter. And then, Black, we just start hearing the dole start falling off. The sea parts open. Mm. And they get ran out of Milwaukee. I'm talking about blowout of all blowouts on Tuesday night. Mm. That's what I'm feeling. Because the souls were snatched by that play. I'm just a fan. And it got me bugged out. (laughs) I can imagine being an actual member of the Phoenix Suns. You know they had to watch film today. Oh, you know it. So when Monty Williams pressed play on that play, you got to think there was not nothing being said in film study. So I'm going to go and give my prediction. I guess y'all already know what it is. And me and my and blacks, it's over. I'll be stunned if the Suns force a game seven. Because if they do, mm, mm, mm. high drama. (laughs) My heart won't be able to take it. High drama. (laughs) My heart won't be able to take it if it's a game seven because I don't know what I'm going to do. 
if we get a game seven back in Phoenix. But I guess that's why they play the games. Hey, you know what? I guess it, it, and if it do get this seven, boy, you gonna be hurting the next oh, morning. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure, for sure. We I gotta pay the hurting. price. You gonna have to pay the price. Pay the price. <laughs> pay the price. Cause you pay gonna watch that. I have to. <laughs> I have to pay the price. So yeah, man, that was me and Black's emotional breakdown of Game Five of the 2021 NBA Finals, and we really hope for a good series. We've gotten a good series. We've had some incredible moments, but the Bucks are in prime position. They're in position to claim a championship. Their first one in 50-plus years. And if they get it done on Tuesday night, y'all will be hearing from us no matter what. Y'all will be hearing from us uh, on Wednesday, no matter what the outcome of that game. But, man, it's not looking good for Phoenix. And uh, we just have to really see, uh, you know, where they are, you know, after this game, whether we be going to Game 7 or not. All right, Black, any final words on the final before we move on? Uh, No, man. Yeah, man, just uh, I'm enjoying everything. Like I always say, I always – Enjoy everything about this finals, man. Like, it's been amazing to see these players growing up before our eyes, man. Giannis taking control and showing the superstar that he is, man, in this series. It's been amazing, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about game six. Like I just said, it's going to be high drama, man. It's going to be high drama. It's gonna You're going to be able, like you said, you're going to be able to feel it mm-hmm. through the TV. You're going to be able to feel it, man. And I know it's going to be rocking the Milwaukee, boy. Yes, it it's is. It's going to be rocking. But I'm excited, D. I can't wait to Tuesday night. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, game six, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, ABC. You'll be hearing from the sports desk that following Wednesday. We'll be breaking down game six. Either we'll have a brand new NBA champion or either we'll be getting ready for game seven on Thursday night. We'll see which way things work out. All right, man, we're going to transition into the world of boxing. Had a very good, very good display for boxing last night with Charlo and Contino. But first, we're going to pay some respects, man. Everybody, everybody, yeah. get on your feet. Get on your right feet. Now, right now, right now. Jones, Jones Jr., the best pound for pound fighter in the world. and get into the world of boxing man we had a very very good fight that took place last night where Jermail Charlo trying to make significant history mm-hmm. uh last night trying to unify his uh division he went up against uh, bro I don't know how to say your first name cuz <laughs> but uh <laughs> I'm gonna give it a shot right now against uh, excuse me that's your first name but your last name Brian Castano, mm-hmm. Brian Castano, Jamel Charlo unification fight last night ended on a split decision uh, at the 154 pound uh, weight class on Showtime. If you're into boxing, you know about the Charlo brothers. They're two young, spicy, up and coming stars, man. These guys got everything that it takes to be the next superstars of boxing. And they're well on their way. And if you don't really know too much about them, I encourage you guys to check them out on their social medias and go to YouTube and find out some things about them. But Jamel was on display last night trying to unify division. And boy, 
did we get a treat last <laughs> night, Black. This was a very good fight. On the edge of your seat fight. Could have went either way, but it ended in a draw. Black, what are your thoughts real quick just on the fight and how it ended? And would you like to see a part two? Uh, I definitely would like to see a part two. Would it happen automatically? I hope so, but I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't. Okay. Because, um, you know, talking, seeing... Jamel's Charlo, uh, Jamel Charlo's interview after the fight, not really mm -hmm. going into like, is it go second fight automatically? It kind of, it kind of makes you think. But um, man, to see these guys, man, go over from, I mean, from from Bell, you know, to watch, you know, uh, Charlo almost get uh, Brian Costino almost out of here in the second round, and to see him adjust, and it's something you said to see him adjust. And wins round three, basically through seven, mm -hmm. and uh, really take control of the fight. And he was doing everything he could to Jermail Charlo, man. Uh, he was giving him fits, especially when he got him up against the ropes, man. Good work on the ropes from Castino and everything that he was doing. But then you seen Charlo come along, mm -hmm. start coming along, start putting his power punches together. Had uh had uh Brian Castino hurt in the tenth round, mm -hmm. so and we thought Jamel Charlo was gonna get him up out of there. We was he was looking to land that one big punch, but he stayed he stayed focused, went to the body using his jab, and I like to see that from the Charlo brothers because they're known to just power punches punchers who can potentially get you out of here. But to see him, you know, stay going to the body and use his jab to try to set up set up and to set up the big shots, that was good to see, but. Those late rounds from Jamel Charlo, I think I, I feel like that's what got this fight to a draw. Excellent fight, excellent fight. Um, Jamel came out and set the tone the first two rounds. I thought it was going to be a quick night. I thought it was going to be a quick night. He was getting off some really impressive body shots, coming up. I mean, going down below, hitting in the body, and coming up, hitting the head, really hitting uh, Castino with some very solid shots. And then the third round came, man, and Castino just said, "Look, I'm sick of this, bro." Like, I'm here to fight. And he wasn't allowing Jamel to uh, uh, dictate the pace. He wasn't allowing Jamel to kind of put, the, uh, you know, make the fight go in the position that uh, Jamel wanted to go. He just started fighting him, almost brawling, so to speak, going at Jamel. Um, Jamel was, you know, he was baffled, man. You, you see him get a little frustrated round after round. You saw just, you just seen Jamel kind of get out of character a bit in those rounds. But then we got into the ninth round, then we got into the 10th round, and Jamel started to pick the pace back up. Pick the pace back up, land some real big shots, counter punches, really backing Brian down, Castano down, banging him up in the corner. And then the 10th round came, he hit him with a massive shot. Massive shot. And I thought he was out of there. And then it was funny to hear Castino admit, admit after the fight that he was hurt bad. Mm. He admitted it, that he was hurt bad. So I was like, wow, like, for him to say that, I wonder how the judges feel hearing the fighters say that, even though it doesn't matter because they had called it a draw. Mm -hmm. But all in all, we got to get a rematch. <laughs> I mean, this is what boxing is all about. Jamel can't go fight nobody else. You got to finish business here, bro. Because there are people out there who believe Castano beat him. Mm -hmm. People believe that. I don't believe that. I don't know if it's biased. I just feel what Charlo did in the 8th, ninth, and 10th rounds compared to what... Brian Castano did in three through seven. I found like Charlo did more damage. Mm -hmm. He his punches were more impactful. He had bigger moments in those rounds. But hey, it could have went either way. I wasn't mad with the draw. 
I kind of felt like Brian Castano deserved that bit of respect that he got last night. You got to do it number two. Number one, you got to think it's a big money fight now. Mm-hmm. If you put those two back into it, you got to think that. And then, you know, the legacy of Jamel Charlo is on the line here. Do you want another crack at to unify this? You can't run from hard. Anything mm-hmm. that's hard. And Brian Castano was a hard fight. You know, the way the weigh-ins went on Friday night was crazy. It was. You know, so I was like, wow, we finna get some, a barn burner here. And we did. Mm-hmm. And we did. So I enjoyed the fight. It ended in the draw. Boxing, this is what you got to do. You got to do immediate rematches. Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want. Get back in there. Let's see who's the best. The best 154-pound uh, fighter and see who wins uh, the belts. Any final thoughts on the fight, Black? Yeah, man. Like, I agree with you, D. Just got to. Come right back, man. This got to be a rematch. Mm-hmm. We talking about undisputed at one fifty four. We've never had one a champion at one fifty four undisputed. Mm-hmm. This is history, and Jamel Charlo speaks on it all the time, making history. Mm-hmm. You know, being an undisputed champion in this division, and the opportunity, the opportunity presents itself. Self, but we got to draw. Mm-hmm. So you have to do it right away, man. And and I believe the second fight would be just as good as the as, as the first one. Mm-hmm. You know these. If you don't know much, too much about Brian Castano, he's a he was a great amateur fighter. He fought guys like Earl Spence and and some a few other big names in boxing. Terrence Crawford. He's fought these guys in uh in in what man I forgot just that quick. Uh, he's fought these guys in the amateurs and Spence. beating the and beating them. So uh, Earl Spence. yeah, Earl Spence and Brian Castano has beaten those guys in the amateurs. Mm-hmm. But he was all rural in amateurs. But to see him, you know go pro become a champ and then have the opportunity to fight Charlo, Jamel Charlo for uh undisputed at 154. It's amazing, man. Amazing story from him, man. But this guy ain't gonna bite down. Jamel Charlo said it in his uh interview. He's like, this is my toughest fight, you know, at my division. This is the toughest toughest fighter I fought. And we seen it. We was able to see it. So why not deliver a part two of this uh in in the fall and let's get this undisputed at 154 and then the sky's the limit for either one of these guys, cause people are going to be looking at you, looking at you, uh, majorly. Then if you uh, become undisputed at uh, uh, any division, they're going to be looking at you like, yeah, this guy could potentially be a big ticket, a big payday. So they need to get this done and let get this right. Let's make part two. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do, and I would love to see a great night for boxing last night. Like I said, two young stars, uh, Jamel, um, you know, has everything it takes to be one of the next superstars. In the sport, so let's get this done. All right, Black. A little bit more of boxing news. We know that we were supposed to get uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder uh, coming up. I think it was next weekend that fight was supposed to take place. But um, uh, help me out. Fury caught COVID. Yeah, his um, team caught no, COVID as well. People in the camp caught COVID. Yeah, they yeah. so they had to push the fight back, and they set a new date for October seventh. Mm-hmm. I believe it is October seventh or October ninth. They set a new date. So um, at first it wasn't looking good. It looked like the fight was going to be called off completely. But I guess the WBO stepped in and said, No, 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 no. We just need to reschedule because mm-hmm. this is a mandatory fight it is. Uh, for Tyson Fury to defend, to defend that championship against Deontay Wilder. So, um, you know, we got that fight coming up. And then we got Earl Spence Jr. and Manny Pacquiao. They had their press conference the other day. I watched most of it. And they were respectful. They were respectful. Earl Spence was very grateful for the opportunity to face a legend. Um, so, look, this is going to be a Mr. Nice Guy campaign from mm. these two. And, uh, I mean, how can you hate Manny? I mean, you really, you really don't see Pacquiao and a lot of beefs with folks. <laughs> You know, he gets a lot of respect, but I hope Earl kind of turns it up. 
this is his time, you know, to yeah. really solidify. He's already solidified as his talent and what he's done, but he's going up against a living legend. Earl Spence is going to be the favorite in this fight. Let's just call it what it is, but he got to get it done. He do. Pacquiao's going to come to fight, and he's still dangerous. Mm-hmm. He's still dangerous. At but- 40. At 40 years old. So, Black, just what boxing is shaping up for this summer, man? How are you feeling about, you know, Fury and Wilder and Earl Spence and uh, Manny Pacquiao coming up? Yeah, man, I'm excited, man, because these fights are going to set up set up for some, some big stuff, not only in the fall, but also the beginning of 2022. You know, you could potentially be talking about, you know, if Earl Spence can get this done against Manny Pacquiao, you could be talking about... It's rumors that, you know, Canelo could be watching this situation with Earl Spence, you know, because if Earl Spence gets over and beat Manny Pacquiao, D, let's just go ahead and say it. He's going to be top draw. He's going to be top draw. People are going to be looking at him. You beat Manny Pacquiao on, on, on the stage, on pay-per-view. You're already a pay-per-view guy. You know, your last three, three or four fights have been on pay-per-view. So you're gaining traction. You're becoming big. You know, even though people want to see you fight Terrence Crawford and those guys, but once you get the attention of guys like Canelo Alvarez and those type of guys, then we're talking about big time right there because, you know, I will pay a a good dollar to see Earl Spence versus uh, Canelo. I would love to see that. And, you know, just just sets up in this heavyweight fight between between Wilder and Fury. You know, it's it has to happen. Like, a lot of people, I see these people, a lot of people leaning a totally different way with this fight, uh, the fight getting pushed back. It's been a lot of hurdles in this fight, so you got you to gotta think what kind of mindset mindset that uh, Deontay Wilder is having and what uh, Tyson Fury, because you hear Tyson Fury talk a lot. He's not even talking about Deontay Wilder. He's talking about Anthony Joshua and then going to fight in the UFC to fight Ngannou. So you don't even hear him talking about uh, Tyson, I mean, Deontay Wilder. So could this, could we potentially have a upset here brewing? I don't know. It's boxing. We never know what's going to happen. But we expect Fury to take care of business against Wilder. But, man, just this fall is going to be great for boxing, man. Can't We just sitting waiting for Canelo to announce his next fight for the fall. So I'm excited, man, to see what boxing is going to bring this fall. But Earl Spence... Manny Pacquiao, the fight we got last night, these guys are, are ramping it up, man, for it to be a, a good fall for boxing, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think boxing is going to close out a year strong. I mean, the last two years for boxing, especially last year, last year was a great year for the sport. I think this, I think we can get a Canelo Earl Spence this fall. That that will be huge. I would love to see Canelo. I know what Canelo's trying to do, okay? they have to he be kinda- top of the year for them, too. Because he fight in August, so it'd have to be Canelo? top No, uh, Earl. So it'd have to be top, top of the year. Oh, okay. All right. You don't think it'd be late December? No. That's nah. too, too quick a turnaround for a boxer. So okay. Nah. All right. All right. Well, you know, either way it go, I hope we get the fight. Yeah. I hope yeah. we get the fight, man. I know what Canelo's been trying to do. Unify, unify, unify. And just to be more decorated. But it's time to see Canelo fight Earl Spence. It's time to see Canelo fight uh, Terrence Crawford. It's time to see him fight... Uh, one of the Charlo boys. Like it's it's time to see these type of fights being made, along with the winner of Fury and Wilder face Anthony Joshua. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we starting to get that from the sport of boxing. All right, man, we're going to transition out of boxing, man. We're going to head to the WWE, man. We're right now we're watching Money in the Bank on this Sunday. We just crowned new tag team champions. The Usos became nine time tag team champions, defeating the Mysterios. I like their little tag team, father and son, yeah. Dominic and Ray. But I can't lie, I love what Roman Reigns and the Usos what they bring. Roman Reigns is top dog right now. The Usos are his real family. 
I like what they're doing. New tag team champs. We're before three we... belts. You think we're gonna have three belts tonight? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> We are now watching Money in the Bank. We're getting ready to wrap up the sports desk. Right now, we have some pretty interesting matches that are taking place in Money in the Bank. And we're so sorry to all our wrestling uh, listeners who looked to me in black and we totally fell off the bus and we suck. Giving you our your wrestling breakdown, but we're easing back into it. We have some things that we've been wanting to do and we are going to do. But right now, we're talking about Money in the Bank because black and I feel that we're going to get some nice explosions in WWE, getting ready as we approach SummerSlam. SummerSlam is fast and approaching. Now, first on the list, Black, live fans are back. Mm-hmm. This past Friday night on SmackDown, the fans were back in the building. Fans are in the building tonight for money in the bank. Black, how did it feel just hearing the roar of the crowd, the boos, the cheers, the pops? By God, what a pop Edge gave when Edge... Uh, came out on SmackDown Friday night. Lord, I thought the roof was about to tear off <laughs> out there in Houston. How'd it feel to see and hear live fans back? Yeah, man, it's, I'm happy to have fans back, man. And uh, it's crazy because Jacksonville gonna be one of the next stops for mm-hmm. with fans. And boy, I wish I could go to that. I wanna, mm-hmm. go, I wanna go check that out. But man, see fans back in WWE. That's what makes WWE great. Mm-hmm. Even though wrestling has it's been kind of stagnant, like these say, it's been getting kind of boring. But you wrestling needs the fans. The fans mm-hmm. have to be in the crowd, and you can tell the energy is different in uh, in the arena when mm-hmm. you have the fans. I'm looking forward to a great Money in the Bank tonight. You know, like D said, is we getting close to Summer SummerSlam time, so it's supposed to. We need some pop or something to happen here at Money in the Bank, and I'm hoping that we get that tonight. Because if we don't, I'm going to be truly upset. Because I'm looking for, I'm looking for a great SummerSlam. You know, SummerSlam is a big deal. You know, you're supposed to have big time matches on SummerSlam. So we need something happen here at Money in the Bank to set a lot of stuff up for SummerSlam. Yeah, Money in. Well, back to the fans. It was great to see them. It was great to see them. Hopefully, everybody was being safe and you know either vaccinated or wearing their mask. You know, you don't want. You don't want nothing bad coming out of this, but it was great to hear from the fans. It was great to hear the pops and the cheers and the boos and just looking forward. And, I'm, and I must say, even though WWE did a great job with the Thunderdome, they did a great job with everything without no fans, you can tell the difference already. When you turn on your TV and you hear the hollering fans, you hear the boos, you hear the ahs, the cheers, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference. And Money in the Bank is a pay-per-view where anything can happen. We've seen several champions cash in when they win the briefcase and do it on the same pay-per-view. So your champions are Bobby Lashley. Your champions are Roman Reigns. On the women's side, you got uh, Rhea Ripley. And then you have uh, the fabulous Bianca Belair. I love Bianca. Like, you just have those two as your champions. So I got a feeling that somebody might cash in on one of those guys tonight. I don't think it's Reigns. Because they're brewing something big with Reigns coming up for SummerSlam. So I don't think it's him. But I got to think, and I hope I'm not right. Kofi Kingston may win the WWE Championship tonight. And he also may lose it tonight. Mm. 
Ooh. He also may lose it tonight. I got a sneaky feeling that Drew McIntyre is going to win this Money in the Bank. And he's going to cash in on Kofi Kingston or Bobby Lashley and become the new WWE champion tonight. That's my prediction tonight. Mm. That's what I'm calling for. They got to give us something going into SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. They got to give us something to sizzle about. And I don't know if we're going to have a return tonight. There are some rumors that the man is back in the building. Becky Lynch, that's black homegirl. Yeah, that she is on the She's on the <laughs> campus. She's in the vicinity. And she could make an impact. Now, the one thing, Black... They said that Becky Lynch, she's not really assigned to a brand right now. She's not. So she could be headed to SmackDown. She could be headed to Raw. I don't know which way she'll go, which I like. So it'll be interesting if she does play a part tonight, what will it be? Yeah, and they said it's still uh, in the Money in the Bank, uh, Money in the Bank match for the women. It's still an open slot. It is an open slot. So I don't know if I, we'll we see. Gonna, we gonna see, but we gonna see. It's been brewing since the start of the week mm -hmm. last week. So it's been brewing up to this point. So I'm just happy, man, that she even in the building. Here I've been talked about. In a while. I've been waiting. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting, man, because when she left, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna miss Becky. But you know, <laughs> Becky, Becky uh, had a beautiful, a beautiful baby. Mm -hmm. Got married. Got married. Uh, her and um, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins got married. So it's gonna be great to see the man back in the building. Mm -hmm. Just to hear that music, I love for music. Mm -hmm. Man, to hear to hear the pop when she comes out, I know it's, if she comes out tonight and her music drop, the pop in this building is going to be insane. Oh, it's going to come. It's going to be insane. So if that, I'm, I'm hoping that that happens tonight, but we're gonna see because I know I know that Vince McMahon and those guys got something in store, and I I hope that she's a part of that. So one more prediction that I have for tonight: something's going to happen in Reigns and Edge tonight. Now, would I love to see Edge become a universal champion tonight? Sure, I guess. But to really, really keep it real with you, he won't. You don't disrupt what Reigns has going on right now. He is on fire. When you have Stone Cold and The Undertaker and legends of the sport coming out and saying he's the man, he's carried this company through the pandemic he was willing to do what John Cena didn't want to do. Mm. That was turn heel, catch heat, take on a new character, and run with it. And I must say, mm -hmm. I love heel Roman Reigns mm -hmm. versus babyface Roman Reigns. I love it. So something's going to happen tonight in Reigns versus Edge. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. And I could be wrong. Seth Rollins is going to get involved with this match between Reigns and Edge. And that's going to brew a Seth Rollins-Edge rivalry going into SummerSlam. You heard it here first. Mm. You heard it here first. But you know what? It ain't far-fetched because we always said that at some point. We, they done we had run-ins. They didn't have run-ins. They done had some run-ins. Man, before, even before they run-ins, when we seen... Uh, him go to SmackDown, seeing Seth Rollins go to SmackDown, mm -hmm. that it could potentially be something there. It's the reason he on SmackDown, mm -hmm. and the little stuff that he was doing that he's doing wasn't gonna last long. Yep. So you gotta think, you know, it's not far fetched. D. I could, I, I think I'm gonna have to be on board with, with that one. Just got a feeling. Yeah. I just got a feeling. And I think that with them being the whole storyline with that. Yep. I think that'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, with them too. I just got a feeling. So I think we're going to get some developments tonight. Right now, you got the female, excuse me, the women's Money in the Bank match happening right now. Let Alexa Bliss win it. 
Do y'all like what she doing? I do. Let her win it. Give it to her. Let her win it. Run down a couple matches, man. So we got the men's money in the bank. You got uh, the women's money in the bank tonight. You got the WWE Championship match with Lashley and Kobe Kingston. Women's Raw title, Ripley and Flair. Universal Championship. Um... Uh, Roman Reigns and Edge and then of course like I said you had the Raw Tag Team Champions take place you have new champions uh, Smackdown Tag Team Championship takes place you have new champions there with the Usos and then the Raw Tag Team Division which is holy trash it is despicable and it is disgusting in the Raw Championship scene Omos and uh, AJ Styles get AJ Styles away from this let the Viking Raiders win the title and get him out of there. Please. I mean, dear God. That's just a waste of talent. What I mean, what is AJ he doing? Styles, man. And AJ Styles was looking up to after the big match with Undertaker. It was and stupid. It's like they just dropping the ball with AJ Styles. I don't understand that. I don't understand it. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. So, that's our WWE coverage for the week. Money in the Bank. We'll be discussing the fallouts, what happens, moving into SummerSlam, which is the very next pay-per-view coming up in August, man. So, me and Black getting ready to wrap up. We got the women's Money in the Bank match getting ready to take place right now. We're going to watch this Money in the Bank, man, and we'll see how it goes. But before we get out of here, we're going to get into some other news and mention some things, and we're going to get out of here. Let's, let's man, where Kurt at, man? We got to show Kurt more love, man. Kurt got an excellent theme song, man. All right. All right, Black, just a couple of things in other news. Black, Tom Brady added on to his legacy. Tom Brady added on. How can you get more goatish than this? Tom Brady came out, well, not Tom Brady, but the training staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out saying Tom Brady played the entire season on a torn MCL. An entire season, it has been confirmed by the doctors, an entire season on a torn MCL. Hence him having to have surgery after, by God, winning his seventh Super Bowl when the Bucks went 12-4. and four. Black, can your mind even digest another Tom Brady goat story? It can't. <laughs> There's been so many of them, and, this, and, and I'm sure it's uh, a few more to come before he calls it quits. When I read this, man, <laughs> with any other athlete, you'll be like, wow, man, that's incredible. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's Tom. Yeah, it's Tom. Yeah, we believe it. Yeah, it's Tom. Just ridiculous, man. So Tom Brady won a Super Bowl on a torn MCL. The rest of y'all are bummed. Get your lives together. <laughs> NFL quarterbacks. All right, next up, Black, your girl, Misha Tate. Shout Misha out to Misha Tate. Misha Tate is back in the building getting a first-round TKO win last night, making her, man, it's been about five, six five years, years since Misha yep. has been in a UFC fight. I know that's your girl. How'd you feel to see Misha Tate back in the building getting man, a win? Man, it felt good. Misha just looked different. She did. She looked different. She looked she like did. she was really in shape. She did. You know, she looked good. You know, after two babies later and yeah. two beautiful babies later, man, she came in and put on a performance. And to see her ground and pound, I was like, oh, my goodness. We don't see that for Misha Tate. She, most of her wins, and we see her do her thing, is submission. Submission artist, yeah. You know, but she ground and pound and got a stoppage, man, in this fight. And I'm happy for Misha. That's my girl. That's my favorite women's fighter. In the U- one of my favorite women's fighters in the UFC, right along with Rose. But I'm excited, man, to see what's in store for Misha. I'm pretty sure uh, Dana White uh, was going to step the competition up a notch uh, for her uh, in her next fight. But I'm excited to see Misha again. Like you said, the five, six years we haven't seen her. So it's exciting to see Misha 
uh, back in the UFC octagon. Yeah, it was very good to see Misha. I was kind of nervous for it. Didn't know what we were going to get. Um, it's been so long, but Misha looked in shape. She looked sharp. Her striking was very good. Her takedown offense and defense was good. And Misha was landing some big-time shots, some big-time shots for her to get this win. And Misha said she's not done. Misha said she's going for the title. The title. Mm. She's here to make a run at the championship. So um, good for her. Glad to see one of the sports legends because she's a legend. She was one of the women who helped shape up women fighting in MMA. Her bouts were around the Rousey were were heralded and looked at as superstars events to see them two go out there. They fought like three times or four times or something like that. And they fought in strike fours and they fought uh, in the UFC, man. So it was good to see Misha take back. All right, Black. A lot going on in the Olympics, man. The Olympics announced that there'll be no fans in attendance uh, for the Olympic Games and nothing, man. Um... Now, we know COVID cases are rising across the country. You've already seen COVID cases in the Olympic Village. Mm -hmm. uh, Team USA's had to adjust their roster. Bradley Bill, so sad for him. Uh, not going to be able to travel and be a part of Team USA. I know that's a big blow for Bradley. And then you had Coco Golf come out today. Yep, she got um, COVID. She caught COVID today as well. She won't be able to travel and go to the Olympics. So, you know, COVID is the new normal. You know, it's just a new normal what we live in, you know, um, whether you're vaccinated or you're still wearing your mask or however you handle yourself. Be vigilant and be diligent and be visual and be careful out here because that thing is still out here. But um, how do you just feel about it? Well, the, the Olympics, they're not feeling like the Olympics as we get ready to do it because it's, it's kind of like they got to do it. If they don't do it this year, they just going to have to call it all together and just wait. Yeah, and it, it, it sucks, man, for the Olympics and. Not only are you getting people who uh, are catching cases of COVID, I mean, catching COVID, but you also have people who don't want to go over, over there because of it. And you have some athletes who had a chance to go over and have and, and grab gold who don't want to do it because the fans are not allowed. They said the Olympics won't be right without the fans. Yep. And, and, and you got to agree and think, you know, the fans at the Olympics, it, 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 it makes it very exciting and for it to be. You know, no fans, and you just—it's—it's it's gonna be quiet at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be quiet. You're gonna be—it's basketball for the Olympics is gonna be like it was in the bubble. Yeah, man. You know, it's gonna be just like the bubble. You're gonna be able to hear everything somebody's saying, and it's gonna be—it's gonna be—it's gonna be crazy, man. But it's still happening, even in the rise of, of, of the cases over in Tokyo and just the rise of the the cases. Period with COVID, mm -hmm. they're still gonna do the Olympics, but people are backing out. People are catching COVID. So we are gonna see. We you know we got a few more weeks here. D. I think it's at the end of the month, like the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth or something like that for the Olympics when they start. So we're gonna be keeping a close eye and see exactly what's what's going to happen with different pe people uh, going over to uh, the Olympics to try to get gold. Yeah, it's different. I'm not getting the same energy for the Olympics this year. It kind of feel kind of off. Uh, hopefully, when we see the Olympics start to take place. It'll feel different, but you know, Black is right. Like without the fans there, the energy there, it's just gonna be. I'm curious to see how it's gonna go because you know the Olympics is gonna hold us over until football season, <laughs> and that's like right around the corner. So it's gonna be real interesting to see, you know, how all that takes place, man. But I don't know, man. It's I don't know. I, I'm not really. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not that excited about the Olympics, man. Just to just with all the adjustments and everything that, you know, they're having to do, which is kind of weird, you know, what's going on. But I guess we'll see. 
uh, how it takes place, man. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up episode 129 of the Sports Test. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to us for almost two hours, man. Hope you guys got a good, uh, got a good, uh, uh, had a good time listening to me and Black talk about some of the hottest topics in sports uh, throughout the week. So, you'll be hearing from me and Black once again uh, after game six. Either we'll have a new champion or we'll be getting ready for game seven on Thursday night. So, you guys will be hearing from us. Um, after game six So like I said Me and Black are watching Money in the Bank We get ready to get out of here So we can watch that uh, And see how everything takes place But thank you for all the love The support um, Thank you for everything You guys do for us Week in and week out SoundCloud Spotify iTunes uh, Retweeting Liking Whatever y'all do To support me and Black In the sports desk On the Reduce Lunch brand We really 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 Appreciate it We're Seriously And uh, you can find me Dedrick uh, L. Hicks Jr. On Twitter On Instagram Let's chop it up Let's talk some sports Let's see what you guys think what you want to know, what you don't agree with, it don't matter. Let's talk about it on sports. Black, where can they find you? Yeah, y'all can find me at Black E N L three, the uh, the the third on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Man, y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it, man. I, I really, I really want want to see uh, everybody, you know, take on on the start bench of cut. Mm. And, you know, hopefully we get that get some traction on Twitter, man, and we can see that because I know that's a, that was a good one D when you, that you grabbed that one I really enjoyed <laughs> that one but yeah man y'all rock with us man Twitter Instagram yeah we appreciate all the support and love that y'all give us man our listeners man we uh, appreciate you again all right you guys take care be safe out there please be safe we'll be talking to you guys in just a couple of days and uh appreciate you guys listening once again you guys be cool all right Hey, bro, you listening to the sports dance? Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on now. New sports dance.